You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, it is episode 74 of Eurobash with yours truly, P.T. Carroll and the one and only Noel McGrath. It has been a tumultuous week in MMA, in sport, around the world in general um, as coronavirus gets the grips of the globe. But uh, we are here as always to take you through the latest thrills and spills from the scene. Noel McGrath, how have you been, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good, considering the circumstances. It's been um, <laughs> a busy day, to say the least, today. Um, and obviously, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, um, yeah, just sort of, I, I don't know. Have I woken up from this dream yet that that is the coronavirus and how much it's escalated since we even spoke about it last week? It's it's pretty fucked up, man. But, uh, yeah, just trying, to, just trying to get my head around everything, really. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so much has happened there. Uh, indeed, so much has happened that this is the second time we will be recording Eurobash today because we recorded about four hours ago and everything seems to have turned on its head in that time. So uh, we had to come back on because we were very out of context when we discussed yeah. what was uh, what was uh, discussed on the original show. So we had to come back Um I mean, incredible day. I seem every day just feels like there is a month's worth of news in it at the moment with this uh, situation. Um, something that we've never dealt with before. Obviously, something that's very serious, and something that's uh, changing the way we live day to day. I suppose now. Oh man, yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm shitting myself going over to the shop. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it, it's mad. I, I could actually do it as shit as well. You know, or that's that's a personal joke between myself and BT. But um, yeah, it's just mad, man. It's 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 crazy. It's affecting everyone. It's affecting, you know, um, you look at Italy. Like it's just it's just horrifying. It's just just incredible. People just need to listen to the government. Do as they say. Quit reading and sending shite on WhatsApp. That's really bugging me. False information. So go to like Twitter, Facebook, um, reputable governmental organizations to get your information. It's it's it needs to be taken incredibly seriously, and it isn't um, as we might saw here there. You know, last weekend with a huge amount of people flocking uh, Temple Bar and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I was saying this to you earlier, the way WhatsApp has reacted to coronavirus gives a great insight into what it is to be an MMA journalist from <laughs> Ireland uh, with the amount of Conor McGregor stories one hears. I don't know how he managed to be in every corner of Ireland at one time every weekend, but that's certainly what it feels like when you're getting pinged out of on WhatsApp every weekend. Definitely. But um, am I going to try and run through these headlines again? I think I'm going to get lost, to be honest, because uh, we've been... Cutting things out, adding things in all day here. So uh, let's give it a go anyway. Here's the headlines. 
UFC London, uh, UFC Portland. Um, well, all the UFC events for the next month have been uh, cancelled due to coronavirus. Um, KSW 53 has been cancelled due to coronavirus. Uh, Bellator 241 cancelled at the 11th hour last weekend uh, due to the spread of coronavirus. Leon Edwards has withdrawn from the potential makeshift bout with Tyron Woodley uh, via social media. Cage Warriors has moved to Manchester after AEG pulled their venues um, on Monday. David Martinez, who was meant to fly to England to fight Paddy Pimlet on the night, um, was unable to fly due to the coronavirus curfew in Italy. And Paddy Pimlet now faces Decky Dalton, a huge fight there. Joe McColgan uh, will now face Mason Jones for the vacant Cage Warriors title, which is an incredibly interesting fight. Uh, both guys lost their opponents, but I think you'll agree, no, that's a far more interesting fight from uh, my point of view. Yeah, and... Um, John Phillips v. Zuko Todorovic uh, has been added to Cage Warriors um, about that was supposed to happen on the UFC London card um, now happening on Cage Warriors in Manchester not London as we have just learned uh, wow Noel how did I get on there did I get you that alright that is uh, you did well the boy done well as they say the boy done well it's it's absolutely mental I, I just can't get over the amount of uh developing stories here and um, just before we've got on here to re-record the episode yeah. Dana White's been on to say that Tony Ferguson and Habib Nurmagomedov is definitely happening is this wild talk at this stage uh, given the situation how it's developing and how we really don't know the scale of things to come down the line here and I mean is it, is it a, a bit too much to be doing this or is he doing his job by uh, getting his face out there on sports centre as we saw there the biggest show in sports Dana's a head case I think we just have to you know understand that we've seen some of his behaviour over the years and it it is it's it's probably batshit crazy you know he's, he's done everything in his power to try and put on these fights like the talk was he said in that interview a few minutes ago as well he'd uh, Indian Reserve booked in Oklahoma um, that's very unlike Dana to do something like that. So that just says where his mindset's at. That's Bellator territory and um, where he's going with some of those events where he was planning them. So Donald Trump has obviously said that uh, in America, this, they don't want people in more than groups of 10 uh, hanging out together. So in terms of Tony and Habib, you know, I, I said it, you know, it, it's a fight he's always going to push for, man. It's, it's the biggest fight in UFC history. And I think the way we see the market now at the moment with no sports being live in television, Dana sees this as um, marketing 101 and promotion 101s where he can put the UFC in the world spotlight, the only uh, live sporting event that's taking place. And like, listen, I get cravings for sport. Everyone would feckin' tune into that. The numbers would be out of control. And he's still saying it's going to go ahead, possibly out of the United States, as you mentioned there. And, you know, my thought was Russia, but apparently Russia have now um, a ban until the 1st of May. Um on their borders. So that's going to be interesting to see if that pans out, if the date's going to be changed, anything like that. I'm not so sure. But Dana is a mad sprout, and I think that's probably the bottom line to, to all of this. And, you know, I, I do give him credit. You know, in some ways, it is sort of genius promotion to think like that, even regarding the circumstances. I'm very much torn and all this, and, you know, probably shouldn't be going ahead, but... um that's in terms of cage warriors or any sort of events at the moment. But listen, Dana White is Dana White. He does what he wants. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about um, how it's been compared to other sports and the possible impact that we'll have later on the show. Uh, but just you mentioned it there, cage warriors in Manchester. Um, Graham Boylan's on the show today, but we did speak to him uh, earlier on the day before the news of... Oh, it's been moved again. The... It's been moved again. Hang on. It's been moved to Limerick. I'm joking. 
Oh my god! I <laughs> thought you were serious there, man. I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" Um, yeah, but look, this is uh, this has gone, this is crazy. This is this has gone mad now. Um, you know, initially at the start of the day, we're talking about cage warriors being put behind closed doors. The addition of Phillips uh, fight onto the card, it it goes to that from uh, Darren Stewart. Uh, as he says on the show, we put that out as soon as we got it. And then then it's the event is off. It's no longer in London. And now it's in Manchester. I mean, that's going to have an impact straight away. Like I can see like some Londoners going like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to gonna travel yeah. to that, you know. I, I don't know. Like I just feel like it's such a, a late change um, in the game here. Now, as I said, we, we did speak to Graham, but that was before this had happened. Um and look, he's he's determined to put on this show. Mm. Uh, he, he the way he sees it, like his fighters want to get paid. Um, we should recognize the difference between UFC and Bellator, the financial backing they have, and uh, Cage Warriors, which is very much a, a grassroots organization, which uh, Graham has been at the helm of for a long time. Uh, if they don't have an event, they have no revenue. They need to have uh, they need to uh, get these fighters paid get the money to get them paid so uh that's basically what he told us when he came on here but uh is this gonna be too far now with the manchester situation though yeah it's gonna be interesting as as you mentioned there you know if some fighters are even in the uk gonna willing to travel up and uh participate in it because it's it's just like you know travel restrictions in place it's gonna be very very difficult so i think this is gonna right down to the wire i just hope we don't get to a case again where you know, guys weigh in like we saw at Bellator uh, and, you know, everything being uh, called off at the last minute. That's sort of nightmare scenario. But listen, everything is literally changing, we said, from minute to minute. It's just been a mental day. It's been a mental week. And I think um, I'm sort of I'm at peace with whatever happens at the moment, to be honest with you. Um, I, I just don't really have I, I'm just so conflicted think, is the issue. I, I think. Yeah, I think the unpredictability of how it's been and how yeah. erratic it's been is 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 nearly exhausting. You know what I mean? Like the the fact that the it's on, it's off, it's it's going here, it's over there. Uh, this person, you know, it's it, it's all over the place, and it's it's just a very different landscape at the moment. It just becomes a becomes very confusing yeah. <laughs> at some points. But um, Wait, you know, see, is, is, is Graham doing the same thing as Dana, essentially, because, yeah. you know, he's yeah. featured on all these sites now. Like, he, he's he's one of the biggest stories in MMA at the moment because of this event. Is is that a similar thing? You see yeah. the both kind of putting themselves out there as a promoter here? 100%. They're, they're pushing their sport to, to to new audiences and new heights. That's exactly what they're they're trying to do here. And listen, all promoters are a little bit batshit crazy. And, you know, I think we, <laughs> I think we know Graham is as well. You know, I, I like it feels Graham. like a 30 for 30 nearly, right? Like, it, it, it feels like it could be a story one of them if it goes well. But I think this whole thing is going to be judged on how bad this gets. Like, if this gets yeah. really bad and we're looking back in time yeah. at this and we're going, Jesus, what are we thinking? You know, it, it could be a bad one. Yeah, it's one but way. But I guess we don't know, right? It's gone one way or the other. You know, I don't think, um, you know, if Dana's trying to put on Tony Habib and, and he gets that over the line, like, um, I don't think anything bad is going to come of that. Um, if those two throw down, I think he, he, you know, as you mentioned, thirty for thirty, that's going to look back in like fifty years' time. The night UFC and CWFC collided against all odds. It's it, it could be a heroic story or it could be a fucking absolute disaster. One or the other. <laughs> it's it's one of those ones. Um, but I've just seen a. It's I have to I have MMA. to read this out to you. Uh, an unnamed uh, MMA agent 
has said, rumor has it UFC is entertaining an option of chartering a mega yacht to hold Team Khabib versus Tony Ferguson on international waters. Yes, I started this rumor, but maybe it's crazy enough to pull off. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, that's just a random dude <laughs> taking the piss then. Stop you. Stop stirring up this nonsense. Um, Not a bad idea. Ah, uh, but it's just, it, it's so crazy, right? It's just insane. Well, would you, I wouldn't put it past them at, the, at this stage, what's gone in the last week. But isn't it like, it's like hard to even think about this stuff. Um, Like, like this coronavirus thing is, is real and it's, yeah. it's significant. We're all here talking about Habib and Tony. It's like, yeah. you know, this is crazy. Well, like, well maybe the, it's, it's a fact not, of it hasn't hit home with, with, with the Americans yet. Like Donald Trump was in total denial until literally the last couple of days about it. He said it was a until ho- hoax a week ago. Before, before we re-recorded, <laughs> like we had to do it. Like he's, um, he seems to be a lot taking this a lot more seriously now with this 10 in a building yeah. kind of situation, right? Exactly. Well, that's my point. Like maybe... Because I noticed that a big shift last week. We seem to be way more panicked about it here. Obviously, what was going on in Italy and Spain and and, and the spread of the virus. And it was interesting to note, um, I think it was last Wednesday or Thursday, um, something happened. I think, what what was it with the announcement of the USC London car being pulled? And then just the Americans just went, boo, something's going on here. Something's happened. And um, it's it's just really escalated in the States since then. There's a lot more talk about us um they were sort of later to, to to the party i shouldn't really say the party but you, you know what i mean later to to really realizing how serious it was probably because of their president donald trump <laughs> let's not say. get too political now okay, okay fair enough Pete. um <laughs> <laughs> but um look let's get on with the first interview of the day it's martin lewandowski a man who pulled uh ksw 53 the uh, the day after we record Eurobash, uh, sorry, the day after we released Eurobash, it was on Wednesday of last week. Um, he basically talked us through what led to the decision to do that, and we talked a bit about uh, the UFC's delay in cancelling his events. Um, at the time of the recording, uh, UFC had yet to cancel those events for the next month, so uh, I got his take on that up to that point. Uh, great to speak to Martin. Obviously, very personal concerns on his mind as well as his business concerns, but uh, great to get the perspective of the promoter in this situation, and uh, frank and honest as always was Mr. Lewandowski. We are now joined with one of the kings of European MMA, the great Martin Lewandowski um, of KSW fame, of course. And this was one of the first major promotions across Europe to call an event off um, in light of the coronavirus. Um, It happened last Wednesday. And of course, we were all looking forward very much to KSW 53. But um, in the interest of the public safety and um, his athletes and his staff, uh, Mr. Lewandowski and co decided to cancel the event. But maybe... uh, Martin, you can tell us uh, what led to the cancellation of the event. There was a lot of talk that it might happen behind closed doors. What, what was the what what was the um, the straw that broke the camel's back to uh, make you guys cancel the event? Yeah, hello everyone. Yeah, it's been like a, nearly a very nervous month. Uh, we've been looking, you know, at the news and trying to figure out and trying to have a plan B in case we have to cancel. Unfortunately, we were forced to, to do it because of the situation. And also in Poland, it's been, you know, everybody right now uh, on the isolation and, and all the massive events were canceled. Um, we thought and we had like an alternative option. If, for example, the massive event will be canceled, so we do the show without the public. Uh, but then another uh, circumstances 
were known that, that in different countries the coronavirus were so strong so also that it comes to you know that kind of option that we can't mix fighters from different countries mm. uh, so but uh, all our main events were exactly like you know mixture of different part of the world so it was useless to do it and it was pointless and it was too risky um, in terms of, of putting, you know, even the fighters and the team close to each other. So we decided to cancel the KSW 53. Um, the KSW 54 is already canceled and we are waiting if the May show will be, will be on or we have to postpone it or we have to cancel. So we'll see, but that's, you know, I'm watching news every every day, couple a couple times a day, and and trying to figure out what to do next. But of course, you have to be prepared. I mean, every businessman, every every person who runs any kind of business has to monitor this and and have in the back of the head some alternative options. How um how how bad is this for a business? I mean, you guys uh, famously have built KSW from the ground up. Um, you guys are famous in MMA circles for you know how, how your business minds and 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 how you put on these huge huge events. Um, that means so much to the Polish people and greater European fan base now. Um, at the moment, but how much of a blow uh, is this to KSW having to cancel these two events? Of course, it's like. I can't even tell right now because it depends how long we need to uh, isolate ourselves from 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 doing the business. If it's going to last a month or two, you know, so there will be it won't be a huge impact. But if it's going to stay like I don't know a half a year or a year, of course you need to uh, uh, um, change your business model or you need to find a different different um, field to uh, to gather some income. So. It's a kind of uh, a good <laughs> um, kind of exercise for the brain, you know, to, 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 to find a way with so many obstacles. I'm not saying that I'm happy because of that, but I'm saying that this is kind of challenging. But so right now there is no huge impact beside the, the sorrow, beside of, you know, being sad, beside of, you know, paying the bills for nothing and beside, you know, um, disappointing fighters because you had to cancel you had to postpone it and so people who were involved they need to wait what next and i can't tell them right now because mm. in poland it's like two weeks uh, uh, you know uh, isolation quarantine so it might be longer than that so so really um of course you know you need to that's what i said before you need to find the, the, the different options but but it's hard to tell what and how the world will look like within weeks absolutely it, it, you you mentioned the the challenge of this situation would you say this is one of the more challenging things you've encountered as a as a businessman and a, as a promoter yeah i think yes you know i've been in the business more than i mean 16 years already so i think that's the most challenging because to be honest not much depends on us, you know. Mm. It's 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 more. It's like usually when when the the problems I'm facing uh, as a promoter was something I could handle better, worse, or, or you know. But it was in my hands the the, the solution. Here 
It's just like you can't control this virus. You can't. I mean, of course you can because those what what the governments are doing, but still you are depend on on what the global situation, how the virus will grow, will develop, or how you know the economy, global economy. We are living in the world when everything is connected. So you know, problem in China will affect. All countries around the globe, you know, the isolation of uh, uh, UK or, you know, so there are so many uh, um, businesses which are linked. Um, so it's it's really, it will be, a, a, that's what I say, a new world. And I think that people will come with that a bit stronger and a bit more with a different, with a different point of I view. How to say. Yeah, point of view and let maybe, you know, we... Where we will um, change this, this some some our habits in in a better way. That's what I'm counting. Maybe I'm thinking too positive, but no, come back to your question. To it's a good yeah. way to think. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the way I'm thinking. But maybe it's sometimes it's naive, you know, that you are expecting that people are going to wake up, and you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, we are talking about the MMA, but just global, you know, the global problem problems, you know, are more important than our small you know piece of job we are doing you know what i mean so it's like we need to f look in the big bigger picture in many ways and we forget about it so yes. yeah but come back to your question this is the most challenging because actually you know you have very little uh, uh options to do or you you are completely all in like more than 50 percent depends on what's going to happen in the world globally or what the government is going to tell you so it's like you know it's like um it's hard it's tough you know um what has the reaction been like to you guys obviously you guys mean so much uh, to so many people and this event was going to be huge i mean you know obviously uh you know you had the return of gamrot materla as well as these title fights with roberto saldic one of my favorite prospects in international sport what was the reaction um when you guys had to cancel this uh, what what did the polish people say i mean there were kind of two steps first we tried to um, renegotiate re with the fighters you know trying to save the event when there was the time when we thought the the event or any kind of gathering will be allowed in Poland, uh, and some of the fires, to be honest, like kind of reacted, oh, why should I, you know, give something back? You know, it's not my fault. I spent so much, so many times, or weeks, uh, you know, in preparation. But I said, listen, but you know, it affects me also. Why should I pay by myself? I think in this case, you know, the circumstances everyone should feel that has to pay like you know so it's not only the promoter i know that everybody expecting that everybody that promoters are going to cover all the costs and will be the the most noble man in the world and everything but you know sometimes you need to stay on the ground and and make your math mm. so that was the first uh, uh, um, impression i had and I was shocked with some fighters that they didn't understood 
how serious the thing is. Was that but when we to uh, like maybe because you couldn't take the look at this stage? I'm thinking you're probably thinking you can't bring the public to this event, so you were asking them to maybe take a a, a smaller wage. Is that what was happening? Yeah, 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 of course. We said, listen, because this is not the situation which is not going to happen only for this event. Because if that would be this event, no problem. We postpone it or we pay you full price or something, you know. But this is the world we're going to face for another two or three or maybe even longer, you know. So we need to find a bit different business model. So it can't be that I'm paying the full price to everyone if I don't get my full price back, you know. Yes. If I, my income is like, you know, it's like silly, you know, or now is zero. And to be honest, for I'm preparing that half a year, I'm going to have a zero income and I'm wow. prepared for that to survive, you know, but still, you know, if the time will be, you know, close the borders, the, the borders will be closed and, and the massive events will be canceled and people can't move, can't fight, can't close, can't touch, you know, so that what, so then we need to find a different model. I don't know, maybe they will organize uh, um, show in England only when the English are going to be fighting, and yes. in I don't know in in Ireland where Irish or in Poland, <laughs> Polish and Croatia only Croatian, you know. Or, so maybe that would be the crazy one, but that yeah, would be it will be. Yeah, and the second, but the the when we cancel and people realize after it was I don't know it it it, it went so fast. I think it was like two or three days, and when we came back with the fighters and the teams and the managers that we have to cancel. Everybody, but really, literally, everybody understood and said, "Oh yes, shit, I know. I'm sorry. You know, I understand." So everybody knew. I think sometimes you just need to give a little bit more time people to understand the situation and how serious it was. You know, we we've been dealing with it maybe a bit closer and longer. That's why we understood. Yes, you know, and people were kind of, "Oh no, I can." I can deal with it, no problem, you know, we'll find a way. But unfortunately, you know, we couldn't. And nobody can right now. In the world, everybody is cancelling. And it's yes. like something which is, what is called major force? No, uh, like, um, what is called, there is a special word for for, for, uh, I don't know. for that. It's more you, like, a, yeah? You, you caught me off guard now. You, you have nearly got better English than me, for God's sake, Martin. <laughs> I can't even think no, of the word. <laughs> but, um, yeah. oh, I wanted it's to kind ask... of higher power, you know what I mean? It's like right. something which is it's just, it's just, uh, just bigger than all of us. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I'm guessing, like, because, as you've mentioned, you know, there is no income coming in at the moment. Um, I, 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 I wonder, like, did, did any of the fighters get compensated that were set to compete at KSW 53 or were you Not unable for, to do that? No. No, 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 no. It wasn't for, for, for the show. Well, we've been thinking about, you know, some program for the fighters. But not, you know, it was too fast to, to you know, it just it just counts. Absolutely. Just, you know, pay everybody because it, that's what I said, you know. It just, uh, you have to, I mean, that's from my point of view that everybody has to face it and everybody has to pay the price that's what i say this mm. i'm not using this situation for anything else it's just like you know you need to be realistic of course you can stay and tell you know everybody that you are going to cover all the costs but this is you know it shouldn't be the way that way 
Um, I, I wanted to ask you, like, I mean, I think a lot of people commended you guys for, for pulling the event in light of how everything has developed since then. I mean, this is a global pandemic, of course, but um, mm. UFC have come into a lot of criticism for, um, you know, Dana White's comments that, you know, they're going to keep the show going as long as they can. Um, they're not going to let the coronavirus stop them. A lot of people feel when you compare this to other sporting entities around the world, uh, like NFN, NFL, NBA, Premier League Soccer, all of these uh, events have been pulled. But UFC, who are the, the flagship brand of the sport, are continuing. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you feel as though with, with such a situation as we've talked about here that, that they should be pulling the events in the interest of their athletes and their staff? For sure, but I think when Dana was saying that, I think it was the time when we all thought that we can handle this problem somehow, that we can do it without the public, we can, you know, bring some, uh, I don't know, medical, additional medical staff or make some precautions to 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 have to, to run these events. And that was also our thinking, that we are going to live somehow, we are going to modify our, our events, we are going to modify our logistics, we are not going to, for example, bring the fighters from countries where already the coronavirus was, you know, in, in, in a bigger scale. Um, but I think, of course, it's hard for me to tell uh, because I wasn't following, um, you know, this conversation when and what exactly Dana said. But I think, you know, when, when he approached the problem, so every businessman tried to find a way. It's, it's just mm -hmm. like a river. You see the obstacles and you're avoiding or you're finding a, a, just a new entry. But then he realized that it's, it's like, that's what I said, it's bigger. And some, face, some problems you need to face and, and you need to just accept it. Um, so I don't know. I, know. I still know that they are looking for some new location. But I don't know if that would be possible or if they, it would be. So it would be like I said, that only English are going to fight with English guys. You know? mm. So maybe that would be the only option, especially that the UK is trying to, um, to implement some new solution, trying to infect as many people as possible and see how it goes, you know, and it's just crazy. like, you know, these are crazy. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's the way, you know, uh, from my point of view, actually, if, if the real uh, um, uh, statistics says that the most um, in, in, in danger are the, the, the elder people, so we should maybe isolate only them, you know, and to prepare their special places i'm not talking about you know but you know like because these guys or these people are going to be or they are in the most trouble like my for example my parents they are over 18 so they are really in isolation staying at you know home seeing no body and you know they will need to survive like a month or even longer than that yes it's because very you know i think that it is, it is, especially for me, it's like, you know, the serious problem is the medical problem. But, and this is what we are, this is like a phase one. But the phase two will be the economy, you know, economy and economical problem, because it affects everybody. In my country, in Asia, in US, in whenever, you know, wherever, it's just like, it affects every business. There maybe there are a few branches who will doing fine, because of this coronavirus but most of them like 95 percent will suffer and we have to deal with that there's no way you know you can you can do something with it Absolutely. in 100 percent you know what i mean 
yes martin uh, i can't thank you enough for getting on and joining us um I, I promise you that all of European MMA are behind KSW. We want to see you guys back as soon as possible. Um, and uh, best wishes to your family. Um, I hope you guys stay very safe over there. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for the interest. And yes, this year we were planning to come back to England and, and Croatia and maybe new country on our MMA KSW map. So Amazing. hopefully we can we can achieve that. Thank you for your time. Yes, yes. We will hopefully see KSW up running again in two months' time, Martin. Thanks again. All right. Thank All you, Peter. Bye-bye. All the best to you. Bye-bye. Great to speak to Mr. Lewandowski. Uh, a James Bond villain, as we always describe him. Isn't that Noel? But... Uh, <laughs> A very friendly one. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, he does. He always reminds me of that, that uh, Eastern European or Central European James Bond gangster villain that uh, that ends up getting there. Uh, he's he's a cool he's a cool dude. No doubt man. about it. Slick man. He is indeed. Um, but uh, look, let's talk about it. I asked Martin about it. There, uh, UFC has since cancelled the events, but it was a long time uh, between the cancellation of yeah. major sports, say the US in uh, Europe as well, and the UFC's decision to do that. Does that look bad um, in light of the UFC trying to be uh, accepted as a mainstream sport, or is this in between area that they're trying to occupy here, um, where they will prevail, <laughs> so to speak? Yeah. It's interesting. Obviously, KSW were the first promotion really to to cancel their events. Uh, Aries maybe before them, then KSW. Yeah, that's right. Um, but as I said there earlier on, I think America was maybe a little bit behind in realizing how serious this situation was because of what Donald Trump was saying, and and there was nothing really being done about it. We were sort of maybe... okay, but the NFL, but the NFL, the NBA, all these guys. Um, that's true. You know, they they were significantly earlier. That's just, I mean, that that's the whole argument, I guess. Like uh, the, um, I guess they see a kind of a social responsibility, yeah. right? Like even um, when we see Wayne Rooney talking about this, he's like, "We'll be ready to play again when we know it's safe for the players, for the the fans." Whereas it's like the UFC. You know, when we're even talking about the fact that it doesn't look good, I mean, this event could be cancelled. Mm. You can see the nerves in the fighters, um, you know, and obviously their whole, they, they're dependent on that check. And, you know, yeah. that's absolutely understandable. And they're getting nervous about it. And there's so much talk and there's already so much fear in the air with this coronavirus. Um, I mean, does it come down to like, you know, if these guys were getting paid enough, they'd have the same kind of. Uh, view as as the likes of Rooney yeah. who are saying like we're ready to go when when it's safe rather than I need to get paid. Yeah, I got you. And I think listen, we know the UFC have never had a good track record of treating their fighters particularly well. I think that goes back as far as the Reebok implementation when they had to wear the the Reebok apparel. And you know, I mentioned Ian McCall uh, to you earlier on. We were this off air. Ian McCall was a guy who lost it in sixty thousand dollars per fight once the Reebok deal came in. Um, there was other guys probably on more and, and Brennan Job seven million or something. He said he lost out on was it crazy and like, like that. Like the, the, sponsor, <laughs> the sponsor figures were, were were mental beforehand, and they were getting like literally one tenth of that. So, listen, it's not surprising. Um, I, I'm presuming the fighters are going to get their show money from for the London card. Um, that's yet to be determined. Um, Dana really hasn't come out and said anything yet about that, but you presume so. Um. It doesn't surprise me, and I think Dane is sort of in the bracket of he just doesn't give a fuck, man. It's it's all about him and his big fighters and what the UFC 
and how far the UF can see is, uh, UFC can go as this juggernaut behind WME, IMG. And that's why I think we're going to see Tony Habib. I know I'm going back to it again because of that reason. Because it's almost like he has a statement to prove to everyone else. It's He's like a man on a mission. And it's, uh, it is wild. And it's... It, it's upsetting, but from the fighter's point of view as well, you know, I think they should handle that a lot better in terms of actually telling the fighters, um, you know, the fight card was off. Like, I saw numerous amount of fighters posting that they'd learned off social media that the fight was off. Like, that's that's not on. That's not acceptable. It really isn't. Yeah, I was speaking to some fighters that didn't really understand what the story is. Um, you know, and look, we're going to be talking to Jack Shore later. he give you a good idea of what it was like to be in this yeah. situation. Uh, not that he's... Uh, t- all too critical you know jack is a, a very easygoing guy um but you know bellator should be commended right i know it wasn't the right timing um but you know should they be commended for coming out canceling this event um you know for fear of um you know spreading this to staffers yeah. or, or or fighters and, and obviously paying the people as well uh do you think that looks uh mm. in light of what the ufc have done um only canceling events today, um, and only when they've really been forced into it. Do you think that looks uh, good on their part? It does, but it, you know, we need to change this mindset. You know, fighters um, for that card went in; they made weight. Um, you know, once uh, you know, as far as once you make weight, you, you should be paid. Uh, in my opinion, in mixed martial arts, I know it's not the case, but it's sort of the mindset everyone has and the approach to it. You know. Uh, why are we constantly talking about these guys getting paid? What, like, they should be paid. It's fucking ridiculous. I know it's not the case, but I think there was a bit of a hullabaloo um, attitude with a lot of sort of people who were affiliated with Bellator. Oh, look how great we are. Look how great. No, this is what you should be doing. Yes, commend you all the same, but this is what you should be doing. This is what mixed martial arts should be implemented across the board. Um, so I thought maybe it was a little bit of of a jibe you know, maybe at the UFC from from some of the brass there because there was a lot of posts, man. It was it was yeah, in your I face felt, left I and right. I, I felt like I mean the fighters were doing it, the managers were doing it, and I thought they were actually doing that to prompt UFC into you know as if to say yeah. this is the standard, like you better do this. Like and I, and I mean it seems like the everyone I've talked to is confident that the UFC will uh, compensate the fighters in some manner, um, and I definitely hope that's uh, true. Yeah, uh, of course. But, definitely, um, definitely, you know, you're t- and, and look, I agree with you in the fact that we shouldn't be patting people on the back for paying people. But paying people is one thing for Bellator and um, uh, a UFC, but it is a different thing for, say, a Cage Warriors, yeah, um, which is starting up. Like, I mean, it, it's just so, so difficult to unpack each situation, isn't it? It's so different, yeah. unique to each promotion. And uh, what happens to Tyron Woodley and Colby now, by the way? Is that just off the table now? Well, um, Colby, or sorry, Tyron has come out and said that um, that's going to be his next fight. He still he wants Colby. Um, Leon Edwards that's has posted good for Leon. Yeah, Leon has posted a few minutes ago saying basically, Colby, you're a bitch. Um, we need to run this back. We are, myself and Tyron need to have this fight. Um, so you know, Woodley's head has turned again, and it took a lot to, to even try and get him over to London. I know he didn't get there, but. Uh, I I don't know, man. I think Leon's just cursed at this point. Why, why is he being Why is he being punished for this? Like this is ridiculous. Like first yeah, of all, it is mad. you know, they've eventually cancelled this event. Um, 
So all the other stuff that happened in between this Colby Tyron situation, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. We're going to move it to here, blah, blah, blah. It couldn't have happened. So why why does it feel like this guy's getting punished for it? But not only by Woodley, but, you know, for Leon having to come out and say that and then, what, 12 hours later or something, the UFC come out and cancel the event? I mean, 24 Man. hours probably. But, I mean, it, it seems like they've they've let it all kind of sit in him. And I see people jumping in the comments, idiots. Like, this is this is way more serious than... We're kind of giving a credit for right now, I, I believe. And, like, it's better to be cautious probably in these situations, you know? So, yeah. I mean, if this is an elite athlete, top of the food chain, welterweight, knocking on the door of a title, and, you know, he's kind of left out there by himself to kind of explain that away, which I thought was bad form. There's better ways to do that, I think, as you were saying to me earlier. Mm. Yeah, no, it's mental. You know, the UFC, if he was main eventing, you know, um, if they were going to bring him overseas... You know, it's a big ask, man. Like, going over and, and fighting on, on a week's notice, jet lag, everything, visas, uh, no guarantee of him getting back to the UK. And they've really just sort of thrown him under the bus. And it's just typical of Dana White and the kind of actions um, he shows towards his fighters. And it's it's not acceptable. But again, you know, what's going to be done about it? Like, like nothing. It's just a sad reality of the way the UFC is at the moment in terms of the relationship between the top brass and the fighters. And and, and listen, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go ahead now and do um, Colby Covington and, and Tyron Woodley ahead of Leon getting that shot at, um, at Tyron Woodley. Uh, I'm sick for him, man. Yeah, like, I, I really am. am. It's just, uh, it's just, <laughs> it's so bad the way that's been handled. It really is. But um, look, uh, let's move on to our second interview of the day. It's Jack Shore. Um, again, same applies to our interview with Jack. Um, these were done before the official cancellation of the events. Um, Jack obviously says he, he didn't expect to fight anyway, but um, just to, just to give you some type of context here. Um, so look, we'll get on to Jack now, and we'll be back in about fifteen minutes to take a look at what happened in that bizarre backdrop in Brasilia over the weekend. We're now joined by one of the most talked about prospects fighting out of Europe. Uh, Jack Shore, who was set for a huge, huge bout this weekend at UFC London, where he was set to take on Geraldo de Freitas. Uh, unfortunately, as uh, as we're learning, uh, it looks less and less likely that fight will go down. Um, but, but Jack, first of all, how are you? I can imagine this has been uh, a hugely tumultuous week for you uh, with everything that's happened. Yeah, I'm, I mean, f- <laughs> physically, I'm all good. Um, it's obviously been a tough couple of days mentally since about... Uh, sort of Wednesday really just just based on looking at um the news and Twitter and stuff like that I sort of had an idea that things weren't gonna run smoothly um and then obviously yesterday we, we got the news of everything so it's been a stressful week but um you know I, I'm, I'm fit and healthy so I can't complain I don't suppose yes yes I was gonna say to you um we we got an email yesterday from the UFC and it basically stated that um you know um that it wouldn't be going down, but they said it will be relocated. And we were hoping against hope that somehow you guys would still be able to fight because when we were kind of, we, we were putting out that, you know, we thought this event would be cancelled. It seemed like the fighters really wanted to compete. They wanted to be able to earn their money. Um, was there any talk of your bout with Geraldo being relocated or do you think that was specifically just uh, Woodley and Edwards they were talking about there? Yeah, so I, I think... the it was probably uh, when the announcement came out. I think it was more along the lines of Woodley and Edwards. Um, obviously, I know the the straight away when I heard about the relocation to the US, I, straight away I knew that wasn't really going to be a 
sort of a logistical option just based on the fact with the travel ban and stuff and obviously um visas you need well. a you need yeah. a visa to go over there and that can be sometimes a 10-day turnaround so pretty much i would have had to care a visa and then board a plane by sort of last night the early hours of this morning for that to, for that to happen but that, that, that would never seem like it was really an option they never sort of um they never came to me then and said look we're going to move you try and move your fight to to the u.s and i can imagine obviously woodley and edwards being the main event was probably their priority so you know, I'm not salty or anything about them not 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 making them a big effort to get me out there sort of thing. It's uh, it's just one of them things. I mean, what what can you do? Is sort of out of everyone's hands, I suppose, at the minute. Yeah, I mean, I'm once again in awe of how level-headed you are in this situation. Uh, you're so young. Obviously, this would have been one of the biggest fights of your life on that main card in London. Look, there's it's there's no uh, secrets about it. Your name has been huge since your major debut i see it all over the biggest u.s publications everything like that but it seems like to me that you're kind of aware that uh you know this is a global situation here at the moment and um you know your fight your fight was uh, a lot smaller in the grander scheme of things in, in terms of this global pandemic is that how you're feeling yeah without a doubt obviously i'm 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 just as gutted as, as everyone else on the card ought to be fighting obviously I, i'm one of them i live and breathe uh, the fight life sort of thing, you know, I'm never out of the gym, I've had this fight um, on my mind now since just before Christmas, so, you know, three months, four months sort of thing, it's, it's, it's a big part, it's all you're thinking about every minute of every day, so for them to just sort of, that to just be taken from you then when, when it's so close to happening is obviously heartbreaking, but at the same time, it's, it's out of my control, it's out of the UFC's control, I mean, what can you do, it's, it's no, no point crying over spilt milk, like you sit here and bitch and moan and, and See how pissed off I am, and and start slagging people off. But that's not that's that's not gonna get the fight back. That does, you know that doesn't mean I'm, it's not gonna change things. It's not gonna make make me fight Saturday. So it's just one of them things. Was it? Were you in the kind of situation where you were hoping against hope that it would happen, or was it one of those things that when you realised how how big this was and how contagious the situation was, were you like, okay, if this doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world? I mean, obviously, I was. I was praying and hoping that that that, that <laughs> somehow we came off. Um, I think it was it's sort of Wednesday when Wednesday time all the news yes. started dropping about about this this coronavirus getting serious and everything. So I, I sort of had it in the back of my head that there might be some issues, but I especially after the Brazil event going on, I, I still had that little bit of faith that they might be able to pull it off, even if it was behind closed doors. Um, I you know I even trained yesterday morning, Sunday morning to um, to, you know to. It was still still in the in in the mindset of bringing the weight down with with fighting winning Friday and we're fighting Saturday, but then obviously it was a couple of hours after the session. Then I spoke to um Graham. He said they were trying to sort a few things, but it, it just obviously it never came off. And I think there's a lot of people on the card who are in the same boat. So again, it's it's just one of them things. There's no point me sitting here and, and moaning about. It. It's not going to change change anything. Yes, yeah. It seems like you know. And look, you can understand the UFC are scrambling to make things happen, not only in, you know, for, for the likes of Leon and Tyron, but for the next few weeks, um, I'd say it's just wild there in HQ. But uh, have you guys had any communication? Like, do you feel disgruntled at all? I feel as though some people haven't had any word from the UFC and it's it's annoying them. Are you kind of, you know, based on the situation, you kind of understand what's going on? Yes, I mean, I haven't spoke to the UFC direct. Obviously, great, great. I'm sort of laughing me being my manager. Um, I just, you know, that's that's what I pay him for. I let him sort of take on all the stress and just relay the message back to me. But um, I know he's spoken to them. Um, again, it's a tough one because I can't, I suppose they can't set nothing in stone. You know, they can't say, look, yeah. we'll get him a fight in four weeks, six weeks, because we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, 
I keep up to date online and stuff. I know the the Vegas Commission have got a meeting on the 25th. Um, and the way things are going, it wouldn't surprise me to see that they, they obviously cancel all the big events out there as well. So, I mean, it could it could be a matter of they say, look, you're fighting in four weeks. But worst case, I suppose it could be a couple of months before I get out again. But I just got to stay, stay in the gym and I'll stay mentally positive and um, I'm just just keep my fingers crossed a weekend and get a show show back on the road sooner rather than later. Um, I, I guess, you know, it's been announced today that, that Graham, who seems to have not be sleeping at the moment, uh, has also <laughs> got John Phillips, uh, his fight from the UFC card onto uh, the Cage Warriors card, which is a really interesting move. And I can imagine that some of the fighters that, you know, UK v UK, they're going to be able to make that happen. Of course, uh, Geraldo doesn't live in the UK. Like, I mean, is that beyond the, the realms of possibility, having you, you fight uh, a return to Cage Warriors, an impromptu return of some kind? <laughs> yeah, well, obviously they said to, um, they said uh, Graham sort of give, uh, he didn't go into details of who was fighting on the card or whatever. He said to me yesterday, he, early in the morning, or he was trying to make some fights happen on Cage Warriors. Um, or he, he had pulled the idea for the UFC. I don't even think it had got to the stage that, that they gave him the all the all clear on it, yeah. um, but he obviously, you know, he, it's his job to be realistic with me, and, and I knew straight away. Obviously, my guy being from Brazil, I know he wasn't all. If he was over here, then maybe we could have we could have made it happen. But obviously, I know they don't sort of come over till the Monday Tuesday, so I, I had a good idea, you know, that um, that that fight wouldn't that they you know they wouldn't get us on the Cage Warriors card. I mean, if they come to me with that option, it, it wouldn't have been you know mentally it wouldn't have been ideal. So I'm, I got, I'm in the mindset now of. You know, I'm in the UFC. I want to fight in the UFC cage in front of the UFC fans. But I, I mean, I would have done it just, just to get a fight. You know, get, yes. get sort of your, your chance to get that win bonus and everything. But at the end of the day, you know, Alf comes first, and the, I, I can't, I can't, I keep saying I can't whinge over something that's out of my control. If they could have got me on the cage or his car, great. But it, if it wouldn't to be so, yes. there's no point me complaining and when you know it's not Graham's fault. It's it's no one's fault, really. The, the the logistics of it just didn't work. Obviously, with me fighting a, a Brazilian opponent who's still in Brazil. Yes, yes. Are, are you com- Are you are you confident you'll be compensated in some way for this, Jack? Because as you said, you know this is three months preparing for for this fight. Uh, obviously, you know you're such a well known quantity. A lot of people very vested in what happens to you next. Your next fight. And um, do you feel as though the UFC will compensate you in some way for the camp? Yeah, I think they will. I, I I had a little chat with Graham about it. I mean, I don't think anything's set in stone, but he's he, he's fairly confident that, that that they will compensate. I mean, it it would make a it would make a massive difference to all us fighters, wouldn't it? I mean, not just me. I know I know everyone on the card puts puts a lot of time and and, and money into in, into these camps. And you know, I'm I'm fortunate that you know I haven't got no kids or nothing like that that I go worry about. But there's obviously people on the card who got families they got to feed, and and this is you know fighting is the way that they feed their families. So. Uh, fingers crossed, those guys get even if they get compensated a little bit more than I do. I mean, it would it wouldn't bother me at all. It's, it's it's a tough situation for everyone to be in, especially with you know the what's going on. We, I mean, we don't even know if we're going to be fighting within the next sort of six eight yes. weeks. It could even be longer than I suppose. So it'd be nice to see you know the guys who got families to feed um get 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 our money and just just to to take care and, and and give them a bit of security, I suppose. But I'm confident the UFC will do the right thing. I know Bellator did it and. You know, I, I can't see why they wouldn't. You know, they they're always good. They look after the fighters. Um, you know, during fight week and outside of fight week. So I, I, I mean, it's it's not our problem that uh, you know, it's not our problem that the uh, the show been cancelled. It's not their problem either. So fingers crossed, they got enough money. They'll uh, they look after us. 
You're so nice, Jack. I can't believe that. You're literally saying pay these people more than me. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> incredible. Uh, what's it like, though, in Wales? I mean, how has it affected uh, the, f- the family? I mean, is your dad's gym, uh, uh, the gym still up and running? Uh, what's what's going on over there? Like, I mean, is it the state of panic that I find Dublin in on this Monday? I, I think it's getting, it's definitely getting worse. Um, I mean, last week, the, the only real thing you were noticing was... Um, was the toilet roll going from the shop? But <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, obviously now there's there's people starting. Uh, there's talk of the schools being closed, and my dad works in a school, so there's talk of his school being closed. Um, we have a message. I mean, at the minute the gym is still up and running. We, we we're working closely, obviously, with the the schools and the the council and the government and everything to see. You know, if if they say we got shut, then I suppose we got shut. But it's definitely getting worse. People are starting to panic. I can. You get that sense, you know what I mean? My my sister was saying yesterday how stressed she was, and she couldn't believe how how not unstressed I was. But um, that doesn't surprise me at all, Jack. To be quite <laughs> honest. But, but um, you know, I I I mean, it's not something I think people are overreacting to it a little bit. But then, what, what, what the fuck do I know? I mean, because if it if it's a global crisis like like they're saying, I mean, it's affecting everyone. It seems to be affecting everyone in every country. Like you see, Dublin's on lockdown, so. I mean, it's obviously something that we should be concerned about and we need to keep a close eye on. So it's just a matter of us staying alert, keeping up the date and, and just doing what we can for, for the time being. Um, I want to ask you about something that's, you know, maybe even more important than all of this stuff. Um, I saw a picture of a haircut you had uh, when you were about <laughs> 17 um, and it blew my mind and I actually didn't believe it was you. I text you to ask you, was this true? You said yes, it was true, and I still didn't <laughs> believe you. So I went and I contacted full full reptile Jamie and James, and I was like, "Is this real?" And like, that's we have we have been led to believe that this is true. Um, <laughs> the rumors are true. <laughs> this is uh, this haircut. I can't really describe it as anything else other than say peak Rod Stewart in the seventies on Jack Shore. <laughs> and um, talk to me about this, please. Uh, how did this come about? It just seems so far removed from the man that I've got to know over the last couple of years. <laughs> Well, listen, right, people always rip me because every year my birthday comes and every year the boys are posting fucking shit on my Facebook, <laughs> resurfacing the picture. And obviously now, now, now I've got a bit of a following in there. More and more people are seeing the picture. But <laughs> but um, back in the day, back when I was 16 in, in school, that was the deal. Like every, everyone had the haircut. Every, every one of us in, in the school year looked the same. So they can rip me all they want, but deep down, all the boys know that they they was they were deep in it with me as well. So, how, how long did it take to get your hair in such a, a manner? It's it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I mean, <laughs> it, it's manicured to perfection. I'm looking at like I've got I've got terrible hair. I've got curly hair. It would never do that shit. I just want to know how long it took you to get it in that precision, beautiful and picturesque manner that you had it. It was a it was a complex process. Let me tell you. that was the the picture of me in the suit. That was the prom photo. So right. it was that was, it was the big it was one. A, yeah, that was the big one. It was that was a good hour job to get up <laughs> in, in that condition for that. <laughs> it looked amazing. Don't get me. I, I thought it looked beautiful. But you've got a new haircut again, Jack. I mean, I was used to the the haircut that you've had all the way through Cage Warriors, and then you've gone and and you've shaved it off now, and I like it. I think it's a very very new look. Uh, a bit more hardcore look, if you will, for Jack Shore. Um, how how has that been taken to by the masses in Wales? Are, are they enjoying the look? <laughs> they, I think they're used to it now. It took them, obviously everyone's used to seeing my 
my sweaty fringe hanging in my eyes. But uh, I think they're all over it now. They they're used to the skinhead, and I've I've even had a couple of the kids at the gym caught me me and uh, oh, wow. and go on the same route. So uh, as soon as I had it, Marshman and and Dez and all that, they were all the same. They're like, oh, I don't know, I look quite like it. I might uh, I might go and get that done. So <laughs> I, I I think I might have set the trend. We'll give it a couple of weeks now. I think uh, I was reliant to be honest on uh, the appearance on BT Sport to get more and more people to to, <laughs> to embrace the skinhead. But I think obviously we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to wait a little bit on that one. There's vicious rumors going around that you, in fact, have copied that haircut from your father, and you're trying to steal his stuff. <laughs> well, I'm I'm just embracing the inevitable. I think he's been bald since he's been bald since he was about my age. So I thought, you know what? It's, I've still got a full head of it, but it's it's gonna it's just gonna come sooner or later. It's just gonna go. So I'm just gonna get rid of it whilst whilst I'm ahead of the curve. <laughs> right, right. Well, Jack. Whilst look, I got a choice. <laughs> yes, yes. Jack, an absolute pleasure. You, of course, hold more appearances on Eurobash than anyone else. You're the the reigning champion of the guests reigning on def- Eurobash. The reigning defending uh, co guest. Yeah, and Noel fears for his job. I promise you, every day, every time we have you on, he gets very worried. But um, <laughs> look, man, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I hope uh, everyone in your family and your friends is safe and um i I think your attitude is fantastic as usual uh exemplary as usual jack thank you so much no problem pete thanks for having me great to hear from jack shore have you ever seen the picture of jack shore's hair when it was like rod stewart's in 1970s um you know england or whatever he's never had a good haircut rod stewart both of them <laughs> <laughs> how dare you on both accounts um, he, I'm going to get that picture and show you I need to get it somehow I'll, I'll ask the uh, full reptile guys because that's who I it saw is. sharing it it haunts Jack Shore to this day anyway but uh, great sport man Jack just laughing talking about it um, you know up to an hour he said it took him to get it done this picture so I definitely will get that for you guys and put it out there uh, he's good but um Oh, he's a legend. He's a great lad. And of course, the the, the reigning champion of Eurobash, of course, now with appearances. Um, we had to give him a break for a while. Uh, we thought he was going to start demanding a wage there, so we had to cut him <laughs> loose for a little while. <laughs> great to have him back. But, uh, Niall, Brasilia, um, in the the uh, behind-closed-doors kind of situation, that mm. backdrop, what did you think of it? I thought it was actually kind of interesting, to be honest. Yeah, it was. There was a lot to sort of take away from it. And, uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier on when we, we recorded it the first time um, that uh, I was really intrigued with the judges and the scorecards um, without the crowd there. I think the scorecards were a lot fairer and a lot more. You wouldn't really argue with them what we've seen in Brazil in the past. And I think that might have Wait, Hey, a... what do you mean? Hey, what, what the <laughs> hell are you saying about the prestigious Brazilian judges? How dare you? It, it was more even and balanced than, you know, maybe previous fight cards we've seen with uh, large, hostile Brazilian crowds. So it was just interesting to see maybe, you know, sometimes the crowds influence the judges in uh, in, in what they're scoring on the cards. And I, I just found it really interesting. Bizarre as fuck, like, and... I think we'll talk about that in a sec, obviously, what, what was said in the, the yeah. co-main event, I think it was. It was, uh, no, it was earlier on. All it right. was uh, Demir Hadzovic uh, and Hanato Moicano. Uh, Hanato <laughs> says to uh, Demir, oh, I wanted to fight longer. <laughs> then why did you submit me? That <laughs> was brilliant. Perfect. Like, line of the year, man. Absolutely line of the year. And then, I, I don't know what other fight it was. I can't think of what it was now. And the corner advice was just mental. It was like... Uh, God is, is on your side or something like that. I was like, what the fuck? That's no technical advice for your fucking fighter. What what the fuck is that all about? It was just just fucking batshit crazy people walking out to 15,000 seat or empty arena with fucking tunes blaring. Mental stuff altogether. But uh, listen, decent, decent card. 
not a bad night for the Europeans. Uh, but just before we get to that, uh, Charles Oliveira, well, uh, looked very good against Kevin Lee, dominating yeah. him. I felt. Yeah, man, it was you know Charles is a guy who's you know so good everywhere, brilliant jiu-jitsu, you know really good Muay Thai. Um, he's just he's fought everyone. He's fought fucking everyone. Like he he's fought guys at featherweight, some of the best guys at lightweight, the best. He's only thirty years of age. Kevin Lee, on the other hand, looked terrible. Uh, I think you know the moment he missed weight, I was concerned about how he is mentally, and I think that is Kevin. I think it's it, it's been a very turbulent three or four years for Kevin. Obviously, with Robert Fallis passing, um, you know we saw how close him and Robert Fallis were the the time he fought in Belfast. Um, that was a tough one for him, and he's he just really hasn't sort of found his feet. And he said he might take a couple of years out now, um, but but we don't know. Obviously, that's you know directly after the fight. So I think he needs to sit down and, and, and think about what he's going to do. But he, he looked very off. But saying that, you can't take away anything from Charles Oliveira because it was a phenomenal performance and uh, he's just looking better and better. And they're going to have to give him someone good now. And I'm even thinking if, you know, McGregor and Gaethje doesn't happen, which has been talked about, they might even do Gaethje and uh, Charles Oliveira because he's fought fucking everyone else, man. Like, bar the sort of yeah. top three or four guys. So you need to give him it's something big fight. now. You need to give him something big now, definitely. Yeah, and look, yeah, I'm sure he is uh, primed for those big fights now. You know, very young in his uh, career uh, when he got some opportunities earlier on. But a beautiful left hook knockout from uh, Gilbert Burns in the co-main event. I felt that was coming with two such evenly matched grapplers out there. Hanato Makano dealt with Demir very quickly, Hadzovic. um, Demir, very entertaining guy. Didn't didn't get to show it off that night. But uh, what about... um, Southside's Johnny Walker uh, going down to Nikita Krylov, dominated, yeah. you might say, by the uh, Ukrainian. Yeah, it was. Pu- Listen, I, I don't know where Johnny's at. I think you know I, I don't agree with all this gym hopping all over the world, and I think that's never going to give you any real sort of consistency. And um, I think, as we said, you've debated this. I don't know if you checked it back yet or not, but uh, Krylov just had too many tools in the locker for uh, for. Um, um, Johnny Walker and uh, Johnny Walker. There's a lot of improvement needed for for Johnny Walker. To be honest, John, I think we've we've seen the holes in his game, and Krylov exploited them. Uh, shocker as Ronaldo beats uh, McDessy <laughs> by decision. Moreno v Farmega was a great fight. Uh, Rebus great performance against uh, Randa Marcos. Uh, Zaleski de Santos and Alexei Konchenko could have went either way for me. Uh, Konchenko proving himself to be right up there with the elite. Uh, Zaleski's a guy who probably doesn't get the credit he deserves in my book. I think he was similar to uh, Leon Edwards there with his streak at the welterweight division, and it went under the radar. The only person I saw talking about it was our own Guilherme Cruz. He was on a seven-fight win streak up until he met the Leech uh, recently there in August of last year. But... um. Yeah, Konchenko was right in there with him, um, and it's Konchenko's maybe his second loss ever, is it? Or his first? It's his second loss ever. So um, I'm expecting big things from him. I'd say he's going to learn a lot from that. But um, yeah, in terms of Europe, going down the through the through the list there, Moreno Moros with a nice win over Bueno Silva, and uh, Vorak over Bruno Silva, a great performance, and Bay Malecki kicked things off with a decision win over Veronica Macedo. Um, a mad event there, uh, I gotta say. If you're if you want to look more into it uh, and get the perspective from Media Row, go and check out Guilherme Cruz's post fight show with Fernando Pratis uh, of the Athletic. Just a bizarre week for the media, and uh, I was really gearing myself up for one this weekend. But uh, 
it won't be happening, of course, because I'm uh, not traveling to uh, London as the event is cancelled. Uh, you you felt that from last week, right? As soon as this kind of kicked up, you were like, that's not going to happen. I remember you saying it to me clearly. You were telling me not to travel. Yeah, no, I, I was. Um, I just think sort of everything really sort of kicked in, what, four or five days ago, um, maybe Thursday, Friday, um, when it really started getting serious and just sort of following that and seeing the nature of, of what goes on with those sort of viruses. Um, you know, I didn't want it to be that case, but obviously it's turned out to be that case. I'm no bloody doctor, as you all well know, but uh, yeah, I, I just had that gut feeling and it's just, it's just, listen, it's just disappointing Mystic for the McGrath. fighters. Yeah, some do call me Mystic McGraldinho, um, but yeah, it's, it is upsetting. It's upsetting for everyone, but you know, you got to think of the bigger picture and the bigger picture is obviously, um, you know, people's health and, and safety and um, yeah, just I'm just disappointed, but I wouldn't have let you go anyway. I would have, ran to the airport and and just kidnapped you or something and brought you back to the south side the, the, the hostile territory sounds like a love story <laughs> and doused me in disinfectant and then burned <laughs> and then burned you alive <laughs> Jesus Christ um, yeah I mean but as you were saying earlier about like Dana and wanting to put on these events having the full focus of the of the world uh, possibly on Habib and Tony if that does go down on April, fi- April 18th um did you feel like that Brazilian event had more of an impact globally because of the lack of sport that was on over the weekend? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I remember looking at the traction and, and online it was trending. You know, you would sometimes get the odds fight night trending. Um, and it just seemed to be action. The, the uh, traction on posts and things like that seemed very, very high for um, a UFC fight night card in Brasilia because there was nothing else fucking on. I think... You know, I said to you, I had my nephew ringing me saying, oh, is there any fights on tonight? Bang. He was watching them. Um, other people texting me doing the same thing. Any UFC on tonight, that sort of thing. Because there was literally nothing else on. Everything was off. So um, that's what Dana wants to do, man. He wants to have that space where there's, uh, you know, obviously there's no sports on TV. And if the UFC is on TV, it's a, it's a big, big win for, for Dana White. And that's why I think he's pushing so hard to have all these cards going ahead. Um, and yeah, there was there was definitely one more man, of a, a big feel to it. From one man pushing hard to another, <laughs> Graham Boylan, uh, it is still full speed ahead for Cage Warriors one thirteen, despite the attempts from the coronavirus and uh, the uh, AEG venues to shut it down. Um, it's now happening in Manchester. Uh, as when we spoke to Graham earlier, it was still in a situation where it was going to be behind closed doors and in London. A lot has developed since this interview, but uh, this is a great insight into uh, Boylan's thinking ahead of this event, which is uh, gaining a lot of steam um, and a lot, a lot of a lot of criticism as well, I guess, Noel. Yeah, um, very similar to the sort of uh, grief Dana White was getting um, during the week. You know, totally irresponsible. Um, some people were saying, and then other people are saying, you know, it just let the guys go at it, you know, because they put so much into this. Uh, yeah, it's just hard to gauge. It's very, very similar to uh, to Dana White, and I think Graham is along those lines, adding the two UFC fights to the card as well. Um, you know, it boosts his promotion. It, it puts more eyes on cage warriors around the world. It's very, very similar, obviously on a lesser scale, but you know their platform is massive on UFC Fight Pass, and as I said, having those two fights put more puts more eyes um, than ever on this cage warriors card if it is to go ahead. It is, um, like, I mean, he is, as we said, he's featured across all of the, the major websites in the sport here. Um, 
you know, do you think this event happens? Like, considering even since we talked to Graham earlier, how many changes uh, have happened? Do you think this goes ahead in Manchester as has been uh, arranged in the last few hours? It's like Graham is stuck in a maze and he's trying to find, um, obviously, not the exit. He's trying to find the end goal uh, and get to the to the end there and I think this is very much what he's doing like he's he's gone from London to Manchester and obviously if Manchester what an ace have up his sleeve like, I didn't even see that coming yeah, like, like I mean it was can- I was always on the phone talking to someone about it being cancelled next of all you're going to me it's Manchester I was like what the fuck yeah, <laughs> what is going on I was just you know bamboozled and I don't think Graeme as far as I'm aware had a chance to even tell the fighter so he's that much rabidly honest he wants it over the line he needs to get it done <laughs> Within five minutes, like you know, some of the fighters thought it was off. Then two minutes later, he puts out a tweet. There was nearly guys gone out the door to get Chinese's from from what I've been told. So uh, it's just mental. It's just one of those allegedly. situations. Um, allegedly, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just one of those situations where it's just we don't know what's going to happen next. We can't predict what's going to happen next. Um, and I'm going to sit in the fence and I'm going to say the. You know the sort of the the aggression and the tenacity Graham Boylan has shown. He's he's gonna he's gonna do this at all costs. This this happens on a this is more likely to happen on a oil rig in the Irish Sea uh, with, with Graham <laughs> Boylan's fucking uh, tenacity. I'll go ahead and say it will happen. Yeah, yeah. Look, Graham Boylan, um, he is a polarizing man in this community, but of course, uh, one of the big big uh, figures in European MMA. He never fails to. Um, bring the heat when he comes on Eurobash and today is no different my friends uh, here it is and bear in mind this is before uh, the changes were made from London to Manchester and before the UFC officially cancelled their events for the next month he is the hardest working man in international MMA at the moment Mr. Graham Boylan has come out with about 48 hours worth of New revelations for this Cage Warriors 113 card that will go down despite the the coronavirus pandemic this Friday in London. It's behind closed doors now. We have plenty to get through here, but Graeme, this must be one of the most insane weeks of your life as a promoter. Yeah, PT, in the 15 years that I've been involved in this game, this is the craziest, most out-of-the-ballpark situation we've been in. We've taken... We've taken 100 people to Chechnya and back for shows and we were advised not to do it. We were told to not go to the Middle East in December. We took shows to the Middle East in Jordan in December and got stuck in a snowstorm in the desert. And we're now trying to put a show on with a pandemic on with coronavirus. I mean, there is a there is one serious book there, brother. Oh my God, that absolutely is. And um, I mean, we have so much to get through here because of the, the changing landscape of Cage Warriors at 113 in the last week. But uh, just this morning, you've announced that it's going to be behind closed doors. Um, I feel like based on your social media over the last few days, I think that was something you, you felt would probably be inevitable. Uh, was, was that a blow at all? Or were you anticipating that when you announced it on Monday morning? We, we, look, we were always expecting that. We were always expecting that keeping it behind closed doors was the way to go. But uh, this situation is changing at such pace that everything that we do today is probably tore apart tomorrow. You know, uh, we're going through it. UFC has gone through it. Um, and we're, we're all just kind of pulling together to make things happen and to make things work for the athletes. So, you know, th- there needs to be some normal in a time of chaos, you know, and there needs to be some calm and keeping things moving forward for everybody in some way shape or form and 
we're doing our bit to keep the athletes in a situation where they get to be rewarded for the last two months' work they've put in, you know? Um, I train with some of these guys. I roll on the match, just like you do with some guys, you know? I have pads with some of these guys. I know what they go through, and I'm going to fight right till the last minute to get the show on for them. Was that ever, like, I mean, is that what it came down to, to you? I've noticed um, when you're speaking about this, you said, I asked my staff, I asked the fighters, once once they told me they wanted to do this, I felt like I needed to make it happen. Is that as simple as it was, Graham? Look, it was as simple as that. And like I said, those who know me, fighters, coaches, managers, clubs, those who know me and Cage Warriors, they know we're in this and we help the athletes. We are putting the athletes first in every opportunity that we can. Um, we're a fighter's promotion and there is no way in hell I'm going down without a fight right to the last minute to put the show on Friday night. Okay, let, let's get to the first of uh, the several things that I need to speak to you about here. Joe McColgan versus Mason Jones. Um, I felt like these two guys wouldn't be put together for a long time because there were two prospects in that division. They could add their own individual parts going on. But it feels as though... As this, as this kind of the virus seems to be trying to intercept the fights that are being made, Ian Dean and yourself have come up trumps with a fight like this. I mean, absolutely incredible. And would a fight like this, McColgan v. Jones, happen under normal circumstances? Or is it because of this situation where, you know, everything has to come together so quickly? I mean, that's such a good fight, Graham. Can you tell us how that one came together? Look, it, it, it's an amazing fight. And it's a fight that we would probably not have wanted to do Right. Um, right now, we would have liked both guys to build up a little bit more and then maybe do it. But situations happen, and this is a case of we had no idea what the travel and the restrictions were going to become on this show as the days went by. So we, we had to go to a point in this event organizational-wise that once people started falling off the card, they had to be matched internally. They had to be matched from people in the card or they had to be matched within the UK mm. because we had no idea if we were going to be spending money on flights and organizing deals with other guys, whether they were, even going to, whether they were even going to get to London. So we had to make a decision and work a process of elimination. Both guys lost their opponents. Both guys, we can get to the event. So it's a case of we spoke to them and said, look, we understand the situation, but we're in a pandemic where the world is trying to stop. Um, we understand these are not ideal circumstances. You guys have got to decide what you want to do. Um, and I said, to make this more appealing to you, I've spoken to all my board at Cage Warriors, and I've said, if we're going to offer them a fight to compete against each other, you have to give them the vacant belt. Mm. You have to give it to them as their reward for these circumstances that, that are upon us, you know? For, for all we know, there may not be another proper event where guys are training in gyms and competing for another three or four months, yes. you know? So th th these guys need to be rewarded, and the, the belt is vacant. There's two lightweights there who are, one is a number one contender for the belt, the other one we're looking to develop. And it's a case of, you know, the opportunity is there. We're in this situation. If you guys want to do it, we're up for it. They said yes. We said yes. The fight's on. I love it. And I'd love to talk about it even more, but I need to get through these things. There's so many. Uh, Paddy Pimblett v. Decky Dalton is another ridiculous fight. It's absolutely ridiculous. I, I, I like it more 
then I like the two previous bouts even. And of course, Donovan Desme is an unbelievable fight as well. And you had uh, David Martinez, who was unable to travel due to the, the curfew that's been put in place in Italy. But um, Paddy V. Dalton. So say say Joe and Mason, whoever wins that fight, is it likely that if Paddy has his hand raised, he'll be the next in line to fight for that title? No, they're, too, they're, they're down the line. We can't answer those questions right now. But, you know, Paddy, Paddy fighting Decky and Decky stepping up at short notice and both guys agreeing to the fight. You know, again, it was another situation where this pandemic has caused, you know. It, it was, it's a case of do you want this fight or do you not want to fight? Because everyone's back is against the wall right now. And if any fights fall off this card in the coming days, it's going to be the same thing. They're only going to be matched with who's on the card as we as, as we stand right now, um, because trying to get guys to compete in this situation when we would normally get guys all over Europe and they can't travel, you know, it, it, it's tough times and it's fight or don't. And the, the guys the guys make their decisions based on what they want to do with our coaches. Can you tell me how it, it came to be that? Um you know, that, that you have begun to kind of facilitate these UFC fights. Obviously, uh, the Phillips fight has been announced already. I know you already have another one confirmed, but can you just tell me how that came to be? I know you have a great relationship with the UFC, obviously, uh, and Dana White, who you were over visiting during uh, just a couple of months back. Um, how, how, how did that come to be, Graham? if you don't want me asking? It was, look, I woke up Sunday morning like everybody else to see the cancellation. I was surprised as anyone. And I just thought, you know what? Fuck this. I've got the venue set up. I've got the broadcast. Everything is ready to go. We can just put these fights on for the UFC and we can help them out by keeping the card together. So I made some calls. There was some more calls. There was a couple of meetings. There was some more calls. And we just said, let's work together and get what we can done. Is that exciting for you, having the likes of Phillips here? And obviously you have another fight there in the back burner that you aren't telling us about yet. But I mean, is that exciting for you? Or do you even have time to get excited in this crazy situation? It, look, it's a situation, like I said, it's it's so fast evolving. Um, at, at the moment, we have 17 pro fights for Friday night. That's including the two UFC fights. Jesus. Now, we're starting at probably 5 o'clock. It's behind closed doors. It's going to be a very different type of event. Come Friday, that 17 pro fight could very easily be 10. Absolutely. Because... There, 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 there's, there's border restrictions in some countries, so we just got to find out what's going on. Any way you could tell us what the the second fight is? You know, this isn't coming out till tomorrow, so maybe, maybe, you know, it will be okay. You'll already have announced by then. A- any chance of uh, letting us know? Yeah, I could. Ah, please. Well, ah, seeing as you said, seeing as you said, ah, please, I'll do it. <laughs> so, so we're. We have verbally agreed with both sides, and this is all travel dependent. For Darren London's Darren Stewart oh, yes. to compete against Bartos Fabrinski, who is stepping up to middleweight to fight. Wow! So Darren returns the cage warriors here. This is incredible. Well, he's fighting his. Yeah, I know. UFC I know he's in his UFC contract, yeah. right? But he'll be back in the house. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, and, and like I said, look, everything is travel dependent. Yes, of course. We've locked this in. We've got this going, and this could all fall apart with, with travel. So at the moment, there's two on, and that could very easily become one. It, become, it, it could become none. But we're working round the clock to try and beat everything against the odds to make this happen. 
I just wonder, um, you know, you were talking about UK v UK earlier, and I know, obviously, Joy is, was set for his debut at UFC London. With both Joy and Mark being in the UK, does that is, is there a likelihood that that could happen, or, or do you not know about that at this time? Is that not something you're working on at the moment? No, both guys are, have already stopped cutting weight by the time we actually make right. green lights on both sides to actually start making things happen. Right, right, I understand. I understand. So that fight's off. Okay, okay. Um, how confident are you that this will go down, uh, Graham? Or is that like, I mean, from a guy in your position, um, you know, with all these moving pieces, is that the last thing in your mind? Are you just putting that to the back of your mind and acting as if it's going ahead and not worrying about maybe government legislation or government getting involved and, and causing it, ca- calling a stop to this? It will take tanks and trucks and lots of men with guns to stop this event going on. Jesus. <laughs> What do, what do you say to those who say, like, you know, you're risking the health of your athletes and staff by doing this? Okay, look, there's a very... I'm not a doctor, man, and I'm not going to get into all this, but you know what? There's 10 fucking million people on the tube every day. The tubes are still running. The buses are still running. Everyone's still in London. Everyone's still working. We're going to make this and go along the precautions and the guidelines that we were being advised by by the government. We're going to keep it behind closed doors. Everyone's going to get kidnapped. We're going to be washing hands, keeping distancing. It's a, it's a closed event. You know, we're going to do everything we can within the guidelines. Our medics are going to be all over it. Um, our medics are going to be testing the fighters for any kind of symptoms. We're going to do what we can to, to move forward with this event. You know, I, I think a lot of people don't understand, say, the likes of... Um the likes of a Bellator or a UFC to have this huge financial backers. Like it's not, it's these guys can compensate for it as they haven't even fought. But I mean, cage warriors, you, you started this from grassroots. You've built it up to what it is. Like, I mean, the event needs to go down for, for these people to get paid. Is that accurate to say? Do you look, we're, we're, we're not, we're not the wallet of Viacom and we're not the wallet yes. of the UFC. Yes. We're a homegrown promotion. We're an Irish promotion based in london you know um we 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 we've come from the fields and the villages Mm -hmm. (laughs) pt absolutely and we're in the we're 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 in the big apple right now and you know the show has to go on we we have to work we have to work this and we have to make this happen you know we'll still make sure everybody is looked after but you know the show goes on not having people in there and all the refunds we have a sold out event there isn't a single ticket left. It hasn't been for only seven weeks. We're going to have to refund all that money. You know, all that money is going back to the fans. So, and like I said, we're not the wallet of Viacom or the UFC. So our backs are against the wall as, as well as everybody else in an economic downturn like this. But we're going to do our best just to keep it all together. I'll ask you to just put on another one of your hats just briefly, uh, Graham, while I ask. Uh, we were speaking to Jack Shaw earlier as well. Um, I think a lot of the UFC fighters, they are expecting to be compensated they don't have any doubt that that will happen um like obviously we don't know what amounts and etc like that i know they're up to their eyeballs at the moment trying to make their events happen as well but as a manager are you confident that the the ufc the the fighters that were booked to fight on ufc london will be compensated in some way shape or form by the organization when things settle down Somewhere, shape, or form, when things settle down, I'm sure there'll be something there mate i don't, I don't think they'll do that so i think somewhere shape or form they, they'll come out and do what they're going to do 
Well, Graham, I can only thank you for getting on speaking to us. I know you're up to your eyeballs. You've probably missed about 17 calls just speaking to me for these 10 minutes or so. So I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to see if it goes down on Friday or not. Like, this will be huge, right? If it does happen, I mean, you have the lion's share of the interest in terms of sport, right? Is that how you're seeing it? Um, I would think we would be the only live sporting event broadcasted around the world Friday night. That's um, a pretty big deal, right? It is. It is a big deal, yeah. But, you know, our our priority right now is to get the guys in um, and make sure everyone's okay, have the medics check everybody for what we need to check them for, and uh, get on with the show. You're a gentleman, Mr. Boylan. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon. Take care, my man. Look after yourself. He knows how to get the juices flowing, doesn't he? Let's be honest. He does. The, another international man of mystery, like Martin Lewandowski. Yeah. Um, they should really start, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, him and Dana as well, and, and you know throw in Victor Quay or uh, Chatry, and um, you'd have a quite international sort of James Bond uh, gangster sort of feel to the lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, some game of poker to watch, wouldn't it? Yeah. It, oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll give him one thing. He's, uh, you know, he works his arse off and... and and listen, you got to admire that. You got to admire the, the the sheer determination he's going through to put this fight card on. It's uh, it's admirable, but maybe a little bit mental as well at the same time. It's crazy. It's it's like you said it perfectly earlier on. The first time we talked about this, um, <laughs> we were talking about the lunacy that kind of coexists uh, with glory in MMA nearly. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's. The sport is nearly born out of things yeah. like this. You know what I mean? It, it, it you you like know where that comes from, Pete. You know where that comes from. It comes from the um, in a lot of areas, and maybe more so in Europe. It comes from the uh, disrespect the mainstream media probably have, have shown the sport, and you know, telling you, oh, this sport's that, that, whatever. There's always that sort of resilience, I think, with mixed martial arts promoters and, and people involved in the sport. And, and rightly so, in my opinion. That's a whole different debate for a different day. But I think that's generally where where it comes from. What do you mean? Like, as in they're kind of railing against what what um, the norm is, say, across the sporting terrain yeah, in general? Yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. And, I, like, that sort of, it's to, maybe even with Dana what, doing what he's doing and trying to get Tony Habib over the line, it's to, it's to, to show that this sport is, you know, it's great. These guys are fighters, battlers. It's admirable in many ways, but yet just total madness at the same time. And I think maybe that's part of the reason why um, these guys do this. And like, look, they often say, like, if a if a promoter is being talked about, uh, he's doing his job, right? But yeah. it's just that we don't understand the scale of this, I guess. Um, and only in hindsight we'll be able to look back and and really consider if this is a good idea or a bad idea or what's going on but i mean you know these guys aren't scientists either i guess you know what i mean like that's that's the thing and and there's so many mixed messages uh, but i do yeah. feel as though um people have yet to grasp the scale of this you know yeah man it's 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 only just starting and you know that's that's sort of the worrying thing for me we're seeing so many new cases of it and so many um, people being affected all over the the planet it's uh it's fucking scary and you know, as, uh, as we talked about, you know, we, we, most people alive have never lived like anything through this. So it's it's new ground for everyone. It's it's scary ground. I'm sort of going, fuck, have I woken up yet still? Are we in a dream? It's, it's all a little bit surreal, um, you know, being stuck indoors and shit like that. So, 
you know, it's, you know, maybe forgive them as well for 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 pushing on. Maybe they, they don't really haven't had a chance to breathe and assess and and look at how bad this actually is. And that sort of says to me this evening that maybe Dana White has, has sort of realised shit. Um, this is pretty fucking serious because we know these guys. They, you know, they, well, it sounded to me like his hand was forced. To be honest, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, like you know, he's like, you good, know, he's good pals with Donald Trump as well. Like you know, don't let that be forgotten. So. If Donald's telling him not to do fights, I'm sure there was uh, a good reason behind it. You know what I mean? I think it was just Donald Trump's address to the nation, no? But, yeah, it probably um, was, but, but uh, they are good pals, the pair. So yeah. you never know. You never know. Well, if this event goes ahead, it's a big one for John McColgan. I mean, it feels as though Reese McKee was the only guy that was being talked yeah. about in terms of a possible signing before UFC Dublin. And that was mostly based around the fact that he was fighting for the Cage Warriors title on uh, May 16th in Belfast. However, with everything that's happened, John McColgan uh, from Northern Ireland is now fighting for the lightweight title against Mason Jones. Um, if he does this and claims the lightweight title, maybe gets the defense in in Belfast, is he level pegging with Reese McKee to be signed by the UFC, do you feel? 100%. I think, you know, uh, we talk about it once you get that strap you're the man, you're the guy in that division in Europe and the UFC's eyes are on you. And I think, you know, if McColgan goes out and, um, you know, Joe's never backed away from anyone, look at his record, look at Mason Jones's record, another guy who's never backed away from anyone. And this is a sensational fight in paper. I'm, 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 clearly, this is the fight I'm most excited about, I have to say. And if he goes out and does this, does it in impressive fashion, and I think, you know, even just to, to beat Mason Jones is an incredible achievement because he's been so amazing from what we've seen um, up to now. Of course it does. It puts him right in the shot window. You know, even if, forget Belfast, he mightn't even have to defend the belt because they're going to look, they're going to want, they're going to be aware if he wins of Irish talent. And that's what they want. They want a couple, two to three local guys on the card to really sort of get it over the line. And I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Right, let's uh, leave it over to Fat Joe. Mulco- <laughs> Fat Joe, Fat Joe yeah. I tried to say Fat Joe. <laughs> I stuttered because I, I was uh, I was very apprehensive about saying it. But um, <laughs> did you listen to the interview yet? Did you I get did. A chance? Yeah, I heard the end of a pizza. He's gonna. He's he said he's gonna walk out to Fat Joe, but uh, he said that before. But uh, he he better do. He better do. Yeah, <laughs> Be beautiful. He better do it. He better do it. Not a dry eye in sight. Uh, but yeah, let's leave it to Joe, uh, one of the favourites of Eurobash, of course, and we'll be back in 15. What's love? There have been some big pitfalls over the last week due to the coronavirus spread, but my word, if a man has come away with an even bigger fight than he had initially, it is Joe McColgan, a friend of the show, a man who has been putting in the work on the Irish scene for many, many years. He now faces Mason Jones for the vacant lightweight title at Cage Warriors 113 in London, which will be will take place behind closed doors. Joe, this must be absolutely insane. I can only imagine how this feels. You've had a lot. The goalposts changed on you a few times here in terms of opponents. You're now fighting for one of the most valued titles in Europe. Um, how crazy has this been with everything going on around us? Uh, it's it's so crazy. I, I can't even describe in words how crazy it is. Um, <laughs> and that's not even a joke. I, I literally can't. It's It's been the most mental weekend of my life. Um, it started on Friday. And already on Friday, I was unsure about whether the fight would go ahead. And then I was in work and I got a call. 
from my coach Sean though, and I was just thinking, oh, for flip's sake, this is the fight's falling through, and then he he basically said, Rafael Masato's out, um, but we're, they're offering you Mason Jones, and I was like, right, okay, and he says, but that's not it. We're offer they're they're offering it for the world title, and I, was, I just couldn't believe it. Like, wow. I still can't believe it. Um, so uh, yeah, at that point, the, the fight was made. I think contractor signed within thirty minutes after that, and then and then, and then it was announced. It was really really quick. Um, and now over the weekend, there's this all this uncertainty about whether the fight would go ahead. So I just got the opportunity of a lifetime, and then I feel like well, I felt like it was slipping away over the weekend, and then Green went out in updates, and then. There'd be updates from the news, and I would, it, would, it was just a back and forth. Honestly, I can't describe how mentally stressful it's all been, but I feel like today, when I woke up this morning, I saw the updates that Cage Warriors are going to be behind closed doors, and the, they're batted on some UFC fights to the card. Mm. I feel like I'm feeling a lot more confident that the fight is actually going to go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think... You know, to take the the public away to kind of limit the risk there is a good idea on their part. So I mean, it's it just you know. So you're saying your first opponent was out, um, and basically you had the news of Mason immediately. Like I mean, he was out and and Mason was in. That was the phone call you got, or were you kind of left for a long time without an opponent? No, it was it was a three minute phone call. Oh my god, so that's amazing. Like- Mason was in, and the, and the world title was up for grabs. So that was it. <laughs> like it was really really cool. Yeah. The response was unbelievable, right? Like, I mean, straight away when I'm thinking about you, you two guys and the way you fight, like this is a ridiculous, ridiculous matchup. Is that what you were always thinking when you when you were uh, kind of thinking about Mason as a potential op- opponent? And and what did you make of that outpouring of emotion? It seemed like everybody was really rejoicing in the fact that this fight had come to be. Yeah, no, like uh, I think that's with all my fights, PT. Um, I think that. I, I don't. Th- I can't remember a fight that hasn't been made where everyone said, "Oh shit, that's an amazing fight." And I think that's because I bring it every single time. Um, I've got an exciting style, and I think this is even more so because Mason has also got an exciting style. So we're very similar. Um, very similar fighters. Uh, we're both durable. Uh, we've both got good stand up. Uh, we're we're all rounders, but we like the the, the stand and strike. And we we can fight with a with a high pace and a high intensity. So, I mean, yeah, that all in both fighters, and it's just gonna like I I can't see it not being a war. To be honest with you, like it's gonna be a great fight, and I think that's why the public have have really got behind it. And also with the added extra of the world titles on the line, so it's a high risk, high risk fight, high risk, high reward fight. Yeah, like all of my fights. Yeah, yes, of course. There's so much. Uh, there's so many layers to this. I've literally made a list in front of myself so I can get through it all. <laughs> but yeah, uh, how how do you think Paddy Pimda feels about uh, not getting the opportunity to fight for the title? I mean, he is he is a guy that we've talked about before, Joe. A guy synonymous with Cage Warriors, a synonymous champion with Cage Warriors, and and here's two guys, um, you know, rivals in his division that have been paired together for this title. How, how do you think that's sitting with him? Uh, I, I don't actually know. Um, I haven't seen or haven't heard anything that he said about the fight. Um, so he's probably, I would say he's probably pissed off. He, he, obviously, he wants to fight for the title, but he knows he's been out for so long and he's coming off a loss. That, but he also knows that he's probably going to fight the winner of this. Um, so I'm sure initially he was probably annoyed, but you know, after the fight, he's going to be getting the title. He's, no doubt he's going to be getting the title shot, but he has to get through Jackie Dalton. And actually, I don't know if he can do that because Daggy Dalton is an absolute 
taste. Um, I wanted to I, ask I you about Decky because um, we there's a there's a fantastic mythology around Decky, right, in Ireland. I mean, it's it's been going on for over a decade. Um, me and you yeah. have had this conversation many times about Decky. Um, he's yeah. he's one of these guys that had like you know was 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 kind of talked about in, in Northern Ireland and in the South where when he started fighting down here is this ridiculous potential. This guy can go all the way. He hits like a hammer. Um, you know, he, he's just so, he has a fantastic fight IQ, and you hear so many things about him from his training partners, and, and, and one of the people that's always been and talking really, really highly about Decky is, of course, you, Joe, so I was just wondering, would you be able to explain to the listeners uh, the, the kind of mythology around uh, Decky and, and what he means to the fight scene up there? Well, De- Decky's huge in Ireland, and especially in Belfast, you know, you will hear the chance Decky's going to get you whenever he's walking out the cage and whenever he's in the cage fighting. But Decky, uh, you, you kind of touched on it a wee bit. He hits so hard. Um, I hate sparring him. Everybody, anybody from any gym, anyone that has ever sparred him has said the same thing. They, he hits so hard. But if you look at Decky's record, he doesn't have knockouts on it. So that's the worst thing. You have a guy that hits you so hard, but it's not hard enough to knock you out. It's just... It's just just under that knockout level, under the death touch level, where it's so powerful. Yeah, and you just get to feel all that pain, you know, and there's no switch off. It's like, I suppose, a bit like Nick Diaz. You know, you look at guys that come out of his fight and they're just black and blue. Um, So he hits so hard. Um, I know you look at his record and there's some losses to the good guys there. So you might think, oh, he he, he doesn't beat the good guys. But those losses came in a period where Decky wasn't with us. He wasn't with the gym. He was traveling about in other different gyms, um, but now he's back with us. He's in a really good headspace, and he looks at electric and training. And uh, you know his his record since coming back from uh, from those other gyms, and he's he's now with us. He uh, he's unbeaten, so uh, he's on a tear. He's looking great in training, and I just see that this fight is is going to go all his way. I, I explained this before to somebody else that Decky. Um, so whenever Paddy Pimlet fights, he he doesn't. Like when he's on the feet, he doesn't move like really fast in and out or at angles. It's kind of like a plodding forward or plodding back or plodding side to side, and that's fine. But Decky also has that rhythm, and Decky that is and whenever in whenever it's in Decky's arena, whenever in the stand up, he is in that rhythm and he is better than anybody in that rhythm. So I just feel like as long as the fight stays standing, Decky's just gonna light him up with shots and it's, he's going to hurt Paddy. Yes. But he, listen, Paddy, Paddy's dangerous in other areas of the game. You know, he can throw submissions off from any angle. He's got good takedowns. He's got very good grappling. So it's going to be an amazing fight. And, you know, I think it's two fights on before mine, but I'm going to be glued to the TV watching it. That's amazing. That's that's sold it to me more than anyone else will, Joe. That's uh, <laughs> I, I do love the fight. I think it's um, Ian Dane again has done an amazing job with you and yeah. uh, Paddy there. But, um, you know, let's just put this into context here, Joe. Um, this has kind of come out of nowhere. Um, there's big talk of this Belfast event in May, of course, with Reese McKee fighting for the world title there. You have an opportunity to fight for a world title on Friday night. As we know, when you get those titles, they're considered golden tickets to the UFC. There happens to be a UFC event scheduled for Dublin <coughs> Excuse me, in August. Um, do, do you see the jigsaw... The pieces, the, the jigsaw pieces falling into place here, or is this just me? Because it seems to me that you could be setting yourself up for an absolutely astronomical twenty twenty. Would you agree with me? 
yeah, I could be. I, but I'm, Pete, I'm not really. Th- I'm not think. I'm trying not to think about it. Uh, I don't want to look beyond this fight against Mason Jones because it's a massive fight and there's a lot on the line and it's going to be a tough test. So I don't really want to look beyond that. But I can definitely see uh, the potential of getting signed to the UFC um, in a fight's time after this, or if not, just directly after this fight. Um, because the UFC, yeah, they're coming to Dublin and obviously there's the, the Belfast card. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to fight on that Belfast card. If this fight goes five rounds, you know, it might be a too 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 quick of a turnaround to, to show up there. So it, it could all work out that I, I beat Mason, I get the title, and then the UFC sign me, and my next fight is in August. That will be incredible. For my UFC is Reese going to be ashamed? Be, I mean, is, is Reese going to be annoyed with you guys for stealing his thunder like this? Ah, <laughs> Reese, let me tell you something about Reese. There's a lot of people in MMA that will tell you that they're happy for you. Um, and behind your back, they might say otherwise. Reese is not one of those people. Reese is Reese is a, a supporter of everyone. It doesn't matter if you're his competition, if you're in the same weight class. He wants you to do well, almost almost more so than he wants to do well for himself. So he obviously has been so, so happy for me. And um, yeah, he'll, he'll definitely not be annoyed. He doesn't need to be annoyed because he has so much support. Um, and he's on such a streak himself that, you know, we're we're in two different weight classes. He can't be, he can't be annoyed. He, he isn't. He's just so happy for me. McCoggan v McKee, Belfast, May. That's what I'm saying. That's what they should go. <laughs> you know. Um, but just a, just just a few quick ones for you here, Joe. Because um, you know, I I got to ask. Like, I mean, there has been some criticism. I mean, is this socially responsible? for Cage Warriors to hold an event now. I know, obviously, since that argument was brought up, the, the goalposts have changed. This this event is now happening behind closed doors. But, you know, guys like you are going to be flying into this event. There's a, there is some danger element there, I suppose, with this uh, with the contagious na- nature of coronavirus. Uh, do you have any feelings on that, or, or are you just pretty much focused on your fight at the moment? Yeah, I'm, I'm focused on the fight, but I do feel like I, there is a, uh, an element of worry in my head where... I'm weakening my immune system here to mm. cut a, a lot of weight. And then I'm flying into an airport. I'm getting public transport to a hotel. Um, I'm going into the gym sauna. Um, and then I come out right in and then obviously then I go fight another man. Potentially, you know, we could go to hospital afterwards and then we're back in public transport and then, you know, all through the airport. I mean, I'm, I'm exposing myself to a lot of different places and a lot of different people, all with a very weakened immune system. So, I feel like there is an increased risk, and then also with my coaches flying over, so there is there is an element of worry. But you know, <laughs> we're fighting in a cage. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is a little risk. You know what I mean? This is just, this is just part of it, and it's our job, and we just get on with it. Yeah, it's not really the the a trade for the most cautious people in the world. You'd imagine, I suppose. <laughs> is there exactly. any fear? Is there any fear you won't get home though, Joe? Like, I mean, that's that's what I'd be worried about in terms of like, you know, you you have to get a flight home. Is, is there any way that you're kind of like, you know, what if I'm I need to, you know, they they stop the the flights between uh, Northern Ireland and England? I'm sure you've seen the the many WhatsApp rumors that are are floating around because I've been inundated with them. Is there any fear of that at all? As in the, 
I haven't heard any rumors or I haven't heard any chat about Flaky and stuff, so it wasn't on my mind. But why? What are these WhatsApp messages saying? Oh uh, no, I mean everybody's everybody knows a, a, a Garda or a or a pilot or a doctor. Yeah, you know yeah, these yeah. random messages that come through. Yeah. Don't want to get anyone afraid, but I know God, and He said, you know, I mean that kind of shit. But uh, no, no, don't worry about that. But I mean, is are you confident the fight will happen finally? Like, I mean. Have yeah. you have you been able to kind of get rid of that doubt in your head and say like this is happening? I'm going there on Wednesday and I'm going to fight this man on Friday. Have you been able to uh, eliminate that doubt from your head, uh, seeing how how much Cage Warriors are working for this behind the scenes? Because it seems like Graham Boylan isn't even sleeping anymore. Yeah, I, like so, I I'm not looking up the news. I'm not even on Twitter anymore um, or Instagram uh, when I should be trying to promote the fight. But I just can't let my see all these different. Um, stories about a lot of things shutting down or what the government are saying or or um rumors that cage warriors aren't going to go ahead because that gets in the way my way focusing on the fight. And, you know i'm i'm training i'm i'm trying to focus in on having the, the the biggest fight of my life i can't let any of that shit in um so yesterday i just made the decision to, to not pay attention to any of it and just to get tunnel vision now and I, I, i'm there already like i'm, I'm I'm in the zone now, and I'm just going to continue to be in the zone until Graham phones me up and says, Joe, it's not on. So I'm full steam ahead. I think it's going to happen. I'm 100% confident it's going to happen. Just finally, if, if I don't ask, Noel McGrath's going to get very upset with me. Are you going to come out to Fat Joe, what's love, if if this does go down on Friday? <laughs> of course. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. There's no better way to end this, Joe McCulligan. Um, I'm delighted for you. Everyone in Ireland's very happy with this fight. They're they're jumping through hoops, waiting for it to happen on Friday. I hope it does go down. And uh, a pleasure, as always, to speak to you, my friend. No, thanks very much for having me on, PC. Love it. Thank you. Talk to you soon, man. Be safe. The great Fat Joe <laughs> McCulligan, uh, who fights for the Cage Warriors lightweight title this weekend against another fantastic young talent in Mason Jones. Um, when is this madness going to end, Niall? I want you to give me a scale of time as to when this will be over. You predicted that UFC London would be cancelled. You a predicted ma- all these wild things. Mystic McGraldino prediction. Yeah, yes. Please. I, I'm going to say two months. And I think if that's, you know, everyone needs to pull together, do what the government say, um and really just start looking after each other, helping each other, and helping each other in this unfortunate case is probably staying away from each other. Um, and yeah, listen, people, just get your shit together. Listen to your government, and, and just fucking do it, because otherwise we could be in for a very, very long and painful road, and I don't want to see that happen. So I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say two months, and we'll be back to normal. Um, fingers crossed. Everybody keep washing your hands. Keep um, not house. touching people. Yeah, don't be in a room with many people. Uh, and also, like, calm down. Like, we're all freaking out thinking we have it all the time if we get, like, a tickle. Yeah, it's true. Oh, I have a sore foot. I must have coronavirus. You know, that's happening an awful lot as well, I feel. It is, yeah. And I listen, I've been the same. And I think, you know, mental oh, health. Oh, everyone I've talked to is the same. Everyone is feels like they have yeah. it, you know? The mental health is important as well. You need to just, anxiety is a big thing. And, just try and just chill the fuck out and, um, you know, we, we will, we'll get through it. I, I'm positive of that and Mystic Mac makes that prediction. So um, hopefully uh, 
you know, Eurobash is going to be here every week, so that's all you need to fucking worry about. Sit indoors, listen to Eurobash, get a few fucking cans. You're so did. Even if we get the corner, we're going to do it. Yeah, of course we are. That's what, that's what we I always mean, do. Well, <laughs> we've had worse. We've well, had, I mean, I but there's going to be the only thing is that the knock on for this is going to be a lot of Corona babies. You know. Oh my! <laughs> it is. It's a fact. Tell me like, about these Corona babies. Like Tinder's lighting up left and right, and people are just stuck in their houses. Like, what else are they going to be doing? Like, if boyfriend and girlfriend, if like, they're they're going to be fornicating. Let's let's be fucking honest about it. Is it? There's going to be a blast of babies it, after. Like, what what is it? What month is it now? All right. So we started. Um, okay. So say December, right? There's going to be fucking babies left, right, center, all over the world. The population's going to probably treble. And we're all fucked. <laughs> is it Armageddon riding? Yeah. Oh, 100%. That's what people are thinking, yeah. 100%. And l- listen, just lack of fucking things to fucking do. Boredom is going to be a massive thing. <laughs> have you been on Tinder yourself? Have you connected have, with many ladies? I have, but there's no point. I'm not going to go meet anyone, you know? So I've been staying off it now, to be honest with you, but it's always lighting up. So it sounds like you're teasing yourself. I am a little bit, but like, what am I going to do? I'm not taking the risk leaving the fucking house. Fuck that shit. What if there's a chance of the cup spoiler? <laughs> the cup shocker, you fucking idiot. Get it right. Oh, the, shit. Sorry. There's I always, always, that, chan- there's always Sorry. that chance, Pete. You know, I'm hot shit. Like, but T- tell me it again. This is this is this is the way uh, McGrath approaches. Um, he only goes for worldies. It's his uh, it's always been the way he has ever yeah. since I know him. And uh, and. What, tell me about the philosophy Sometimes there, it's like, an, F, people it's, it's like an FA Cup tie. We've seen, you know, over the years, conference teams beat a first division team or a Premier League division team once in a blue moon, right? That's how I look at it. Like, I'm probably conference, maybe League 1, 2, maybe League 2, and I go for Premier League. There's nothing wrong with that. You keep shooting, <laughs> you keep shooting, you'll fucking score. Get in with it. That's how you fucking roll. Do you know what I mean? Cup shot. And we all... We all... We all need to think more like cup shockers in this time um, of <laughs> of pessimism. I believe. I think it's a good Definitely. way to approach it. Uh, you know, make sure you send us the hashtag cup shocker. <laughs> we are ready to do this together. It and truly embrace the the mentality of the cup shocker. Uh, thanks for sharing that with us. Now you're, yeah. you're you don't get you don't get the credit you deserve as a philosopher. I feel I, I don't. You know, I've I've I'm full of um, great theories and, and shit like that. You know what I mean? So. Uh, Fuck you all if you ain't hey, down with <laughs> If you ain't down with it, you know, fuck you. I'm always right. Even when I fucking tell the truth, I lie. Um, so, you know, you, you know what I fucking mean. Um, other way around, but yeah. <laughs> Jeez. This is going to be bonkers. This is, this is, you don't understand, guys. This is like hours of recording today. Like, I mean, we tried to, we did one episode and we like, we, I tried to do an intro for it and, <laughs> and hopefully that would be like a disclaimer and we like, we can't do that. Everything's changed. Like, is this going to be old by the time, like, is this going to be way behind by the time it, it it's injected into people's faces cor- in, in four hours time or whatever? Of course, because, you know, shit has been changing literally by the fucking every five minutes in the world of mixed martial arts tonight. So everything will be cancelled. I started, I started work this morning at 9 a.m. Yeah, fifteen hours in. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty fucking tired myself as well. I was on text you at nine and had a long one yourself. Oh, you've had a long, long yeah. day. My I'm brain. not finished. I'll be another two hours yet, so it's, it should be fun. <laughs> fucking fuck! I tell you what. I tell you what, PT. Tell you what. Fuck MMA. 
have lots of oranges, eat vitamin C. This is your audio broccoli, so you've already got one of your five a day. Make sure you're not shaking hands. Use the old elbow toucheroonie. Uh, or else just don't talk to people that's what I'm going to do I'm just going to stay in here um, Elaine's got the dog over on horse and uh, yeah I'll see you in two months I'm just going to keep on logging on to this every week and doing this that's going to be my only communication with the outside world I hope you all stay safe and uh, wash your hands it's very easy and they smell lovely afterwards <laughs>